From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to be together. I was thinking about our gatherings and how, how many voices and messages bombard us every single day throughout the week. And so it's so important, so valuable when we come together as a body of Christ, united under Christ, just to worship and hear the word because we're hearing so many things out there. It's so important that we allow the spirit to come and minister to us collectively as a body. So it's good to be together, amen? Anybody with me? It's good to be together, and it's good to be back. Um, I really enjoyed Pastor Jason um, being here last week, and I've heard from a number of you how it blessed you. Uh, I love Pastor Jason. He's a man who does not only hold a, a position under our fellowship, but he's got a great heart. He really has a caring heart. He's a humble man, and I so appreciate him, and especially the word he brought 1 Kings chapter 19, the call and story of Elijah following Elijah. If you were here, um, you would have heard it or maybe you checked it out online. Um, If you did, and I want to encourage you to go back to that. It's a really great story on Elijah's call and going all in and really just his willingness to serve um, the prophet Elijah as the Lord led him. And as he kind of shared that, I was listening. I was actually, we were driving as it was happening. I had it on my phone and trying to listen and partake in the service while driving. I don't know if that's good because it's a video and like <laughs> looking down, but, but I was just, I was just really uh, touched by how well that fit in our discussion over the last few weeks on spiritual gifts, if you've been with, with us. And so my prayer this morning, and for us as a church, for those of you called Parkway Home, whether you're here or you're online or maybe you're listening on, there's people listening on the radio, 6 a.m. I'm not sure what day it is. I think it might be today on, on another Sunday. Um, wh- wherever you are listening or hearing, if you're here this morning, my prayer is that we would respond to the call that God has placed on us as individuals and in Parkway Church and use the gifts that he's put in us to serve. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can bust out your phone and open up the app if that's what you got. Does anybody have a Bible with them? A paper Bible? That's okay. You're not, I wanted to say you're the real MVPs, but that is not nice. But open up a Bible, Bible app, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've been hanging out here in the last few weeks. Um, you can also look to 1 Peter chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 4 because we're going to be in those texts as well. Here's what Paul says to the church in Corinth. He says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Why do I repeat scriptures every week in a series? So get stuck in your head. To each one, every single individual person who calls Jesus Lord, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given. Grace is given. That means the grace of the spirit. Gifts are given through the Holy Spirit for you to use for others. Each one, every single, nobody's off the hook. Every single person in the body of Christ, each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We've been discussing God's toolbox that he gives the church in order to accomplish the task that he has put before us, the Great Commission 
If you remember that Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, he commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That is the mandate on the church. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit empowers the church to do that is through the various gifts that he gives us as individuals to serve others. It's it's for you for others. Blesses you for others. Moves through you for others. To each one, the manifestation is given for the common good. And when you look at the life of Jesus, this is really what Jesus modeled, right? He didn't come to, what, be served, but he came to serve. He lived a life of servitude. So in case you've missed it, I just want to kind of quickly go through some of what we've talked about over the past few weeks. We talked about how to discover our gifts. Where do you sense the joy of Christ? What are you burdened for? What have others spoken over you? What, where have they commented on your effectiveness? What, what has God whispered to you? And where all those kinds of things kind of converge is often where God has gifted us and graces us for his kingdom. Then we talked about how to grow in our gifts, that everything in the kingdom is like a seed that grows. How do we develop our gifts and grow in our gifts? Mentorship, exposure, prayer, desire. And today we're going to look at deployment, using our gifts. And I, I need to make sure that I'm very clear that when we're talking about gifts, I'm not saying that you are, as an individual have been blessed with this. I'm just saying how the Spirit moves through you. Because sometimes, often, the Spirit moves through us in one specific way, for a long time, but that doesn't mean that he can't move through you in other ways. That's why when you look at the word gifts of the spirit, the term there or manifestation of the spirit, when you look back at the original language, it has behind the meaning spiritual things or these are the things that the spirit does. I don't want us to get locked into one thing, but just be open to the spirit moving through us for the sake of others. We at Parkway Church, this local church, has a task set before us. And we've summarized the vision of this church in this statement to see everyone experience Jesus in a life-transforming way. We we exist to be a disciple-making community. We exist to see people encounter Jesus that radically transforms them in a way that they become part of the body and use the gifts that are in them to serve Christ and serve his church. And in order for us to accomplish this task, we need to use the gifts that God has given us as individuals to play a part in it. You, as a person of Parkway Church, let me just talk shop for a second. You, as a person of Parkway Church, are part of that. The mandate, the mantle that he's put. If you go back to what Pastor Jason shared last week, the story of Elijah and how Elijah, the prophet, came and laid his cloak on Elisha. It was kind of saying, you're going to be the next guy. Well, the mantle that's placed over this organization is on your shoulders. It's not just my shoulders. It's not just the staff. It's just not the board of directors when, when they've been elected in their term. It's people who call Parkway home. This is your local church. This is your place. This is your community. This is your faith family. Then you are a part of that. And I love that song we sang at the beginning here. There's a line in Good Grace that says, people come together, strange as neighbors, our blood is one. Because if you look around this room, you may feel like you don't know a lot of people. 
And that may be on you or that may be on someone else. But let me tell you that regardless of how well you know the people in this space, if this is your church home, then the mantle is on your shoulders to see everyone experience Jesus in a life-changing way. And how God accomplishes that is through each of us using what he's given us uniquely to serve the whole. Listen, Paul in the New Testament, he equates the, the church as like a body, right? That's why we say body of Christ. And each has a part to play. We're each part of the body. And one part can't say the other part, well, I don't need you. And another part can't say the other part, well, I don't need you. And we can't say, I'm not needed. Nothing probably drives me more bonkers as a pastor than someone who says, I don't, I'm not needed. Well, according to the scriptures, inspired by a holy God, you are. You have a part, and he's pushed something in you in this season of your life to be used here. Now, if you're, if you're new or newer and you haven't quite landed here, you're just visiting or you're listening on, on your visiting, I'm going to let you off the hook a little bit. But if you hang out here long enough, <laughs> we're putting you on that hook. You have a part to play. You have a part to play in this. And so if you get nothing else from our chat this morning, our discussion, what it means to deploy your gifts begins just by finding a place to serve. If you remember a few weeks ago, I brought up my little daughter, Emmy, up on the stage, cute as a button. I'm like smitten over this one. She's got me wrapped around her finger. She had a little backpack on, and we said that her backpack was her toolbox for this season of her life. Do you remember? Anybody here for that? And she came up on stage, and she talked a little bit about backpack and going to school. Well, this past week was her first day of junior kindergarten. And here's what you need to know. I got a picture. I think there's a picture there. There she is, her first day. Oh, my goodness. Isn't she cute? Here's what you need to know about Emmy. She is small for her age. She's very small for her age. She's a petite little girl, but she is passionate and bold. Like two older brothers, she is passionate and bold. She wanted the whole family to take her on her first day of school. All six of us were required to go and drop her off. So literally, we got the whole family together, and we, we went and we dropped her off on her first day of school, and she went in, and she did phenomenal. Now, she came home that day. I went to the office, and you know, put in my, my day of work and came home and, and she was cuddled up on the couch. And if we have a raised ranch, so you walk into our lobby space area and there's stairs that go down, there's stairs that go up and you can't see the living space that's just above there. But I came in and all I heard was, Daddy, I'm not going to tell you about my day, so don't ask. <laughs> not even prompted by anybody. Jody's like, I didn't say anything. She just, she just knew. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. It was a long day for a three-and-a-half-year-old. I'm not telling you about my day. And so I went up, and I tried to, like, you know, squeeze her and cuddle her and love on her. And she's like, I'm not, don't ask me. And I'm like, how, how, how do you, I, don't ask me. I'm not telling you about my day. The next day, I come home from the office, walk in the door. She meets me at the top of the stairs. I'm not telling you about my day. Okay, I won't ask how it went. But she did do great. Prior to going to school, all we did as a, as a family is we take walks trying to enjoy the, the last of the weather that we hear, and we take walks to her school. 
And then Jody would take her in the gate and show her where she needs to drop off her backpack and, and then go in, in, in the different areas that she can play in the sandbox. And then she coached her how to introduce herself to friends. You know, hi, my name's Emmy. Would you like to play with me? And she actually, she actually did it, which is great. Power little house, this tiny little girl. She's, she did phenomenal and she did well because we gave her the tools to do so and she knew where to go, right? We didn't just give her these tools and we didn't just show her where to go and then keep her home. Here's your toolbox. Here's your nice little unicorn backpack that I drove across the city to find. Now just, just sit at home with it on. We gave her that to be used. And she used it. And it's the same with our spiritual gifts. God gives us gifts. He resources us to be used to be a steward of in his kingdom. There's a lot of instruction in the New Testament from the apostles to the churches on serving. If you miss serving from the New Testament scriptures, you're reading a different New Testament, I think. There's a lot of instruction on serving and serving one another, serving the Lord, ministering to the kingdom with the enablement of the spirit. Here's something Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 7 to 11, he said, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So if you read the the few sections prior to this, he's just been talking about suffering and and living a godly lifestyle in, in in a worldly system and being holy. And he's saying, above all that, Love one another deeply. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And each of you, here it is in verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Why do we serve and why do we use our gifts in its various forms for others? So that in all of it, God can be praised. Why do you use your gifts so that God can be praised? So Peter is talking to Christians that are dispersed across ancient Near East. And he's making a case in in this whole chapter here that since Christ lived and died for us, that we are to live and die for Christ. That since Jesus gave his life for us, that we are to live his lives, live our lives for him. And he just told them before this section of scripture that I read to you, he just told them that you've spent enough time living to the ways of the world, your former way of life. You spent enough time to your former way of life in the worldly system. Now the end is near, so be alert and and, and sober-minded. Now if, if, if Peter's saying to them that the end was near then, it's only closer now. So we could say the same thing now. The end is near. So be alert and sober-minded. Love deeply. What what am I here for? What's God's will for my life? What am I supposed to do? Love deeply. Offer hospitality without grumbling. And use what God has put in you to serve others. Whatever, whenever, 
wherever. This is the command that Peter's giving to the church. Now, sometimes there's a lot that's not in our control there. When we deploy and use our gifts, there's a lot that is outside of our control. We may not have a lot of say how frequently we can function in that gift, especially if it's a, a gift that operates, maybe a sign gift within the collective body. Maybe it's prophecy or tongues with interpretation of tongues, those kind of miraculous, maybe it's healing, you know, those kind of miraculous gifts. Maybe we don't get to operate in that as frequently as we want, or, or maybe we have a gift of leadership and we can't exercise it as much as we'd like to exercise that gift. God is sovereign over it all. He's in charge and he has leadership. So when it comes to using those gifts, there are divine determinations the scriptures talk about how he opens doors that no one can close. And he closes doors that no one can open. We like the one, open doors for me, Lord. Open some doors. But we don't like the other one. Scriptures say, I think it's in Psalm 75, that the Lord is the one who promotes some and not others. So sometimes in his providence, in his divine determination, out of love for us, he puts us in a holding pattern. He puts us in a holding pattern. And we are at his mercy before he releases us, before he uses us. Often because there's things that he wants to do in our character and heart before he works through us. He wants to do something in us. I said a few weeks ago before he does something through us. Character and heart are major determining factors on how God moves through your life and your spiritual gifts. I shared a few weeks ago uh, the first time I was given an opportunity to lead a young adult discipleship group, and I felt so inadequate, but somebody saw something in me and so gave me that opportunity. At the same time, I was about, how old was I, 20-ish, early 20s, in this youth and young adult ministry, there was a core team of leaders that would get together monthly or every six weeks or so, and they would pray, and they'd do devotions, and they'd plan, and they'd prepare, and it was a select few of people, and I really wanted to be a part of the group. I really wanted to be on the inside. I had peers that were part of this group, and I believed at the time, and I think I was, growing in my gifts, but the pastor said I wasn't ready yet, and that frustrated me. That frustrated me. Because I looking at the people in the group, I'm like, well, he's in there, and I'm way more gifted than that person. I'm just, just being honest. And it was probably true. But I had a heart issue. I had a pride issue. The, the desire and the reason for doing so were, were wrong, and so... I needed my character to grow. Sometimes your gifts grow faster than your character. Pastor Jason, I think, touched on this last week. He said that it's not about climbing the, the, the positional ladder, but just serving where you are. One service in this ministry, we were gathered, and we would set up in this kind of gymnasium, you know, auditorium space, and literally everything, stage, uh, you know, sound system, chairs, cafe, everything that you can think of was set up in this space. And one of the core leaders came to me and said, call, see that little set of tables over there? There's a little kind of set of, you know, tables tucked in the corner where people could connect and meet and use if they wanted to be a little bit away from the crowd. They wanted to speak privately with one another. 
Nobody ever used them. I don't remember seeing one person using these chairs and tables, but they were there. And he said, would you do me a huge favor and make sure that each week that is set up and torn down? Can that be your job? I don't remember what I said, but I remember taking it on and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I did not want to set up this dinky little table in the corner that nobody used. And every week I'd see nobody's using this. What is the point? And I remember grumbling in my heart about it. And I remember actually venting to my sister, who is one of the core leaders in the team. And she said something to me that has stuck with me. Like, it's like the spirit just like literally grabbed a hold of her mouth and spoke through her in that moment. She said, call if you are faithful in setting up these little table and chairs. God will honor you for that. And so I took it and I did it. I don't know. Honestly, if I look back at the person I was then, it was a, literally a Holy Ghost transformation moment because that was not me at all. But I did it, and I did it faithfully. And eventually, I got noticed for the faithfulness and for the character. And opportunity came. So we need humility to allow the Lord to work and refine us. And we need to trust in his sovereignty on that journey of using our gifts. But the command of the scripture that Paul gives, or Peter gives the church is that each one of us have received a gift. Use it. Use it as faithful stewards. What has God put in you? I don't want to hash out again what we talked about a few weeks ago, but what is at your disposal? What is in your hand? Here's the, the amazing thing about what God does is he takes the little that we have and he multiplies it. And he empowers it to be used in miraculous ways. If you look at the story of Moses, I really resonate with Moses. Moses was raised in Egypt, in the palace, in the kingdom of Pharaoh. And then through circumstances, found himself in the wilderness, shepherding sheep, staff in his hand, chasing some sheep. And God took what was in his hand, took what was in his life, and enabled him through his power to lead millions of people 600,000 men, you include women and children, they estimate over 2 million people out of slavery through the wilderness into the promised land. Give them laws to establish them as a nation. Do you, if you remember the story, what does Moses say when God calls him to go? He goes, who am I to go? But God used what he had available and miraculously multiplied it. If you know David, David was a poor shepherd boy. Sure, he knew how to fight a bear and a lion, which is really impressive because if I ever faced off against a bear or a lion, let me retract that. I would never face off against a bear or a lion. We were, when we were away this past week, we had this, this beautiful cottage and there was just wooded area everywhere. And one of the things that they had left us, this Airbnb was, it's bear season, so here's the different things you gotta do. And so here I am as... As the father in the family, how do I communicate this to an eight-year-old? It's now nine, a nine-year-old, six-year-old. A three-year-old didn't really, you know, whatever. She, she was just going with the flow. So I said, hey, guys, because we were going to let them rummage through the forest. Just run, right? There's like acres of land. Just do whatever. Here's what you got to do if you see a bear. Like, don't turn and run. Make some loud noise and back away slowly. And at first it was well-received, but eventually the, the brain starts going in these little kids and like, well, what if we see a bear? And so I was trying to calm them down all week, but then when they'd go to bed and it was pitch black outside and I'd have to go to the car for something or go to the garage, literally pitch black. I'm like, you know, you know when you're a kid and you have to go like 
up the stairs. You're the last one going up the stairs from the basement. It's pitch black, and you're kind of looking behind you because you're wondering if there's something there. That's what I was doing because I was curious if there was a bear here. Now, David, as a young shepherd boy, could, could square off against a lion and a bear. But God took what was in him, this young shepherd boy, and turned him into a giant slayer. And if you read the story of David, it wasn't just Goliath. Goliath is the main one. It's kind of the first one. But later on in the story, there's other giants that he faced off against. Turned him into a king. God took what was in him and miraculously multiplied it. There's this story of a man that we don't really hear a lot about, Arona, the Jesuit, who had land and he had supplies. And King David, God told King David to go to this man and just purchase his land and his supplies to build an altar of worship. That's what this man did. He sold it to the king. That was what was at his disposal to use. There's another story in the story of Exodus of a man named Bezalel who was skilled in construction with precious metals like gold and silver. And God, through his spirit, enabled him to build the temple. He put what was in him and miraculously touched it to build the kingdom of God. Jesus and the disciples, when they were ministering to the multitudes, thousands of people are flocking and following Jesus to hear him speak and preach and share his teaching. The evening comes and Jesus says to the disciples, go feed them. There's like 5,000 men here. Include women and children, 15 to 20,000 estimates, scholars say. How? Hmm, Jesus, even the stores don't have that much. Like, I can go to the market. How, what are we going to do here? What happened? There's a little boy with some loaves and some fish. Like, sometimes I try to get into that boy's head. What was he thinking? This is what I have to give. This is what I have to serve. The question is not, how can God use me? The question is, will I serve God with what I have. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the church think they don't answer that question, but their actions do. We use the, how can God use me as an excuse? Because let me tell you, God takes the small that you have and he multiplies it. And he blesses it. And he uses it. And in your weakness, he shines through. And guess what? When we use the small that we have for, for him, he gets the glory. If I come in here and I strut my stuff and I say, hey, here's what I got to offer. Boom, 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 boom. Look at me. Then who gets glory there? I'm putting the attention on myself. But I, I can say, God, I don't have much to offer, but here's what I got. Use me. The call of Isaiah the prophet is a very wealthy man finds himself in a vision standing before the throne room of God. And as he's standing before the throne room of God, he realizes his sinfulness. And through the story, an angel comes and cleanses his lips. He's listening in to this, this discussion that's happening in the courtroom of the heavenly realm. And the Lord says, who shall we send? Who will go? He's talking about who will go and be a mouthpiece to the nations. Isaiah says, here I am, send me. What did Isaiah have? I'm just available. Here I am. I will go. Let me draw you to another text. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 11 through 12. I want to show you different areas of ministry, getting really practical for a moment. 
that actually fall under these five areas. Here's what the text says, verse seven. It says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So let me just pause there. This is Paul talking to the Ephesian church. We've been reading him talking to the Corinthian church. He's saying it again to a different church. Each one has something as Christ has given for the common good. Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Peter said the same thing in 1 Peter chapter four. Each of you should use whatever gift. So there's a thread here that the apostles are, are teaching and showing to the churches. What is in you? What do you have? Use it to serve others. Verse 11, he says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now this text is often referred to as the five equipping gifts or the five church offices or the five-fold ministry. And often we use this text in churches to point, point to a person, like a super blessed person that gets to go on the stage and lead. But I wanna show you a different perspective because if we really come down to what is in us and we look at the different areas in church and how they serve and, and ministry, they actually all fall under some office or equipping ministry. And so I would like to suggest to you this morning that on you is a passion for one of these areas. Let me walk through it with you. First one, apostle. Apostle simply means messenger or sent one. It's someone who went and built up the kingdom of God. You think of the apostles who established the early church. They were called apostles because they established it, the early church. They were sent by Jesus. Today, there are those who have this passion and anointing. And it might be you. Under the office of apostle, this equipping gift, we have missions and sending missionaries and church planning and supporting church planning and vision building and doctrine developing and leadership oversight and leadership training and network building, et cetera. So maybe you're here and you got a passion for missions. This is the easy one, okay? You have a passion for missions work. You love supporting missionaries. You love overseas missions. You like to go on missions trips. Well, that's an apostolic expression of the church. So how can you use what is in your hand to support that, support missions. Could it be administration, teaching, ministering to children? Maybe it's healing. I've been on, I've been on a plethora of different mission trips from constructing buildings and toilets and rainwater systems where I'm literally just mixing cement to ones where we're, we're ministering to kids and running kids programs to other ones where we're literally just going around and praying that people will be healed. How could you use what God, what God has put in you to follow that passion in equipping and building the church? Maybe it's giving. You utilize the gifts that God has given you in advancing the kingdom. Second is prophet. Prophet simply means inspired speaker. So in the, in the Old Testament, prophets were someone who would hear what God had said to them and share that with the people. They were a spokesperson for God. Today, many people have a prophetic anointing on their life. Under the office and equipping gift of a prophet, we have prophecy, prayer, and intercession, communication, and preaching, counsel, wisdom, insight, writing. You tracking with me a little bit? 
So maybe you have a love for prayer. You love to intercede for others in prayer. And you feel that God speaks to you when you pray. How can you come under that office and support prayer ministry? Maybe you love the, to communicate. You got the gift of gab. How can you support communication within the church? Some people, we have people in this church that have a knack for videography. And so they help us. Primarily, it was during COVID. We had a whole online system set up. They helped us with those gifts to support what? The proclamation of the gospel. It's that, it's that uh, prophetic style of ministry. Sometimes it operates supernaturally. Sometimes it's just communicating. Maybe God's blessed you with wisdom and insight. There's just an anointing on you. There's a wisdom there. How can you come alongside leadership with what you have to offer? It's areas to pray about. Third is evangelist. Evangelist is one who just preaches the gospel or shares the good news. You know, think of the person who just, wherever they go, they're handing out a track or they're just instantly, every, every conversation they have, they're starting up a conversation about the gospel. They always bring it back to that. We got people like that in our family, just wherever we go, it's just like instantly they can have a gospel conversation. Under this area of ministry, there's preaching and presenting the gospel, training, parachurch ministry, healing crusades, giving, translation of literature, development of literature, miracles, outreach. There's so many areas of ministry that actually fall under the work of evangelists. So maybe you've got a heart and an affinity towards seeing people saved, which let me just say, we all should have a level to that. But maybe you just got like that extra blessing, right? And you... Thankfully, God's just blessed you with a ton of finances. You're like, I can give and support that. Or I can get involved in an outreach. You know, we, we run events here, we're doing trunk or treat at the end of October. How can you come alongside and support that? All those pieces come under this area of ministry. And administration helps, leadership. Maybe you just, you're a you're really, you're really good leader, but you've got a heart for evangelism. It comes under that gift that equipping gift of the ministry of the church. Four is pastor, and we get the word pastor from the word shepherd. So you gotta think of a shepherd, you know, shepherding sheep and leading them to different pastures to eat and to, to feast and takes care of the sheep. Under the office of pastor, we have things like oversight of a local church, leadership, connection and development, life groups, prayer team, directors, elder team, worship ministry, administration, counseling, men's ministry, women's ministry, kids' ministry, youth ministry, teaching. So you may have a heart to see people cared for and discipled in the local church that falls under the pastoral office. Pray about how you can support the discipleship of the church. Maybe you, you're running a life group. You're a life group facilitator. Maybe you have a musical gift and you can come and support what? The care and the discipleship and the ministry that happens in the church with that musical gift. Did you know that you could be a musician and have a pastor's heart? Now, here's what I believe. I really believe that God has anointed me and opened the door for Jody and I to be the overseers of this church but I believe wholeheartedly and I'm firm in this belief that God has blessed people in this church with a pastoral gift. 
and a pastor's heart. How can you use what is in you, your talents, your gifts, your abilities, to come under the church and support the ministry of discipleship and care? Maybe you just really care about people. You got a big, compassionate heart, and you're just going to greet people at the door because you see someone and you're just excited that you see them. That's, that's pastoral ministry. You tracking with me a little bit, church? I'm trying to give you a whole different perspective at looking at these things. Because often we look at these, these five areas and we think, well, we got to find a pastor who has all five of these so that he can equip us as we sit in the chairs and then we can go back to our jobs and then we can come back on Sunday and they can equip us and then we can go back to our jobs. And that might be part of it. But it's all of us as a body taking what God has put in us to serve the church because Christ has given the church apostles in this church and evangelists and prophets, and pastors, and finally teachers. The the term teacher is pretty self-explanatory. Under this equipping gift, we have things like study, research, academics, writing, teaching, coordinating classes, instruction, administration, communication, kids, men, youth men, life groups, seminars, all of these areas coming under teaching. So you may have a passion to see people instructed in the word or grow in their knowledge. You may have a a passion to study and learn things. How can you use what God has equipped you with, your gifts, to serve that passion? In our first church, just before we left, I remember this older lady came to our team, and she said, I love to read and study. Could I read and study books and summarize them for you guys, for the preaching team? It was just before I left, but I just thought, wow, that's so interesting that she has a heart and a gift set, and she wanted to use that to serve the kingdom of God. Each gift functions under an office that serves to equip the church. So how can I use what I have and what I can do to to support what God is doing here at Parkway? How can I support... The, the vision and mission that God has put on this church to see everyone experience Jesus in a life-changing way. I, I don't think it's right for us to think, how can, how has God gifted me? How do I grow in those gifts? And then just use them elsewhere and not use them in the body. Because if you look at the New Testament, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about doing good to others, especially in the body of believers. If we can't love in here, we're not going to love very well out there. If we can't serve in here, we're not going to serve very well out there. When, when Peter's in 1 Peter chapter 4, he's talking what? He's saying, offer hospitality to one another. Unity in the body. You know, we have people in our church that are great with graphic design, and so they come alongside the team to help with graphics, and, and that aids in teaching and pastoring and missions. We have people that are really good with tech and IT. And, and over the last couple of years, we've needed a lot of help with IT. And so they, they support the office of profit. Some of you have the gift of giving and you have a huge heart for missions. And so you always give towards mission endeavors. When you use what you have and what you can do to serve the local body, you're functioning as Christ has enabled you to function. Your function is Christ has enabled you to function. You're deploying your gifts. And listen to this. When we all do that, we got a healthy church. And when we don't, 
or functioning on a handicap, which means that some other area, some other person picks up the slack. So I, I, have, I haven't recently, but I, over the course of my years, I've had a reoccurring shoulder rotary cuff issue there going on. It's actually in the bicep tendon there, and it gets really painful. And whenever that flares up, I, the, the rest of my arm doesn't really work well. I can't lift my arm over my head. And I find that my right arm, this arm, is supporting more of this. It's got to pick up the weight. It's got to pick up the slack. Because just so you know, the body's going to function as the body needs to function. But when one of it doesn't function, the rest of it needs to continue to do what we do throughout life. I, how I drive a car, how I carry groceries. Every aspect of my life is impacted when this part ain't doing what it's supposed to do. So I need to go through somewhat training and exercising to get this part to do what it needs to do so that I can function healthily. And when I do that, this side doesn't hurt as much because it's supported. And so when you use what is in you to serve in the local body, you're helping create a healthy body. How can God use me though? What do I have? Well, what are you passionate about? What do you love to do? What are you good at? What's at your disposal? Pause. Let's bring it back a little bit. Can I just give you some areas of ministry? You can step in, fill it in, see what happens. It does something in your heart. Hey, I like to do this. Maybe it doesn't. Can I try something else? Serve. The main message of Jesus to the disciples was go and serve. Serve. You want to be greatest in the kingdom? Serve. Serve. Find an area. Serve. You may be like me and you're not passionate about setting up those tables, but set up those tables anyway. Serve. I want to give you a couple areas that we are, are needing people to fill right now because God is at work here. I really believe God is at work here and doing some great things. Because of that, we, we have expanding gaps that we need people in. First is we need people to be um, willing to serve in our kids' ministry specifically to help with check-in and assisting the leaders, help with preschoolers and babies. There's actually a ratio that we need to meet there, church, that if we don't meet, we can't legally operate that. Or we just start turning kids away at the door. Sorry, we're full today. So maybe you don't feel like you're the best teacher, but you can support a teacher and wrangling some kids. I remember in the first church I was a part of, I think I might have shared this story. I've shared it a few times lately. There was a gentleman who was an usher and he was great at ushering. He had a smile on his face and we had the same thing in that church. We had a gap there in the kids' ministry. Next week, I saw him in that gap. I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, if, if I'm not here, this doesn't function and I have a passion for this church to function. We have a need in the sound booth. We're seeing some guys because of work and school transition out. And so and last Sunday, for instance, we had one guy doing two roles, two roles. Now there's a little bit like more to that role because it's, it's technology and you know, there's standards and expectations. But if you have a willingness to serve and learn, help support that role. Because just so you know, if we don't find people, ministries begin to get cut like online ministry. You see that? When the, when the gaps aren't filled, we can't do the tasks set before us. And can I just, I'm going to say this as a challenge to those of you who call Parkway home. Don't be someone who says, well, I want to be in the service Sunday. 
We all want to be in the service Sunday. Every single person wants to be a part of worship and hear the word. Heck, I want to sit and be a part of the worship. You know the number one complaint I complained to Jody about? Ask her, I never get to attend church with my family. Well, it's your job. Yeah, it's true. And I can look at it like a job or I can look at it like a calling. Which would you prefer? Job, I do my job and I go home. Done, check. Don't care, got the paycheck, done. Or I can say, no, God's placed me here to serve. God's placed you here to serve. And the more of us that do so, the more opportunity is given to those who can't be in here to be in here. Make sense? I hope you're tracking with me. We need greeters and ushers to get on rotation. We need online hosts, individuals willing to be the connection point for people online and be available to pray. Plenty of areas to serve. We are looking for people to assist with our cleaning team midweek to be involved in that and help support that, take the weight off of those that are doing that. You know, we are already thinking about Christmas Eve service. That far ahead, I know, it's crazy. And what we're going to do, we're planning on, on doing a, a little kids production thing with puppets. We need people to man a puppet. It's a gap. What can I do? Little boy with some fish and some loaves. I got some, I got some fish and some loaves. Can you do something with that? Arona, I got land and supplies. Can, what can you do with that? I got a staff in my hand. What can you do with that? Well, well God can take that and he can use that to multiply in his kingdom. So let me challenge you just as we close here. If you're a follower of Christ and you consider yourself part of this faith family and you call us home, are you serving? If, if you have another church and you're just visiting or you're listening online today and you have another church that you call home, are you serving? If you call yourself a Christian, Jesus is your Lord. You're part of the church, universal. Are you serving? doesn't matter where you land. doesn't matter where you land. I was having a conversation with my boys before bedtime one night. Sometimes we read a fun book. Sometimes we go through a devotional, depending on what's going on. And this night we were reading through Jesus' words when he said, store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rats do not destroy. And not on earth. And one of my sons looks at me, I can't remember which one. He says, well, how do we do that? So for our house at this time of year, we literally have birthdays back to back to back. Like, I think we have like four birthdays in a matter of six weeks. It's just nuts. And so all that's going on in our house is gift lists. What gift can I get? What can I get? What can I get? It's really hard for a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and even a three-year-old to think about gifts for others. It's really, really difficult. And so I'm racking my brain. How am I going to explain this to these kids? How can I store up myself treasure in heaven and not treasure on earth. And so I simply just said, well, what, it's using whatever you have to serve and help others and not yourself. Same as to us, to me, to you. What, can we, what do we have and how can we use that as faithful stewards so that we can store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? God gives you gifts, not for you, but to be used by you for the building up of his church. So just before you leave today, I'm going to pray in just a moment. You know, there's some life group leaders that are going to be in the lobby foyer area to connect with you and share about the group. I want to encourage you to get connected. 
and get involved and see if you can um, participate in a life group. If you're interested in being a part of the sound team, um, Dave is also going to be out there. Dave Duster, he's our head sound guy. You can connect with him and he'll set you up with some trial and training. If you want to be a part of the kids men or you want to serve, hey, I'm willing to fill a gap. Get me on rotation once a month or once every six weeks. It's not a lot. It's not a lot to serve the church once a month, church. It's not a lot. Go talk to Pastor Zoe or Zach right there at the back. We'll, we'll direct you to her. If you want to be part of the host team, get involved with greeting. I don't think Graham's here today, but you can reach out to Graham or Brenda. You know, even just send the church an email. Hey, put me in, coach. I'm available. What do you need me to do? And we'll find you a spot. Get involved. If you need some prayer, there's going to be some people here at the front, part of our prayer team, to pray with you this morning. Would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you for opportunity to be together. And Lord, I know that today was a bit different as we talk about how we deploy our gifts, but then also talk about the needs and areas in our church, God, that those gifts can be used. And so I pray you just stir our hearts. Lord, I, I don't want people to serve begrudgingly or out of obligation, duty, but I pray you stir our hearts and our affections, God, and love for you and for the church. Help us to recognize that when we serve, we serve you. And so stir our hearts towards that end, God, and bless those that do serve each and every week. I'm honored, God, that we have a church with a lot of people who give time and energy. Bless them, strengthen them. As your word says, give them your strength to do their role, we pray. And above all else, God, I pray that you would just be blessed and you'd be honored by how we steward the things you've placed in our hands. Maybe there's somebody here, God, today that needs some ministry, God. I pray that you'd minister to them, you'd touch their life, you'd love on them. Lord, we bless your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.